Jesus, Jesus, Jesus likes girls. Jesus, 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 Jesus likes girls. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus likes girls. Hello. Hi, Shay. Tina, the warrior princess for Jesus. Shay, Shay, okay, say Ooh, getting better. You think? Yeah. Huh. I think you if you made it like a little more guttural. Shay, Shay. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> um, so we have a listener in the UK and Australia. We're sweeping not just the nation, but the globe. We're sweeping the globe. <laughs> We see you out there, people listening to us. You love us. You love us. <laughs> you can't get enough. We're your favorites. And we don't blame you. We understand. We're amazing. Yeah, pretty much. Can you do a UK or Australian accent? Yes, but I won't. I won't well, do that. Why hold back now? I mean, say because Jesus likes girls in an Australian accent. I can't, but I could try British. Okay, let's go. Um, Jesus likes girls. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Any accent when the pressure's on. Jesus. <laughs> that was like an elderly woman, like with no, no teeth. teeth. She was like, I can't like girl. Think of just one British person. Hello, I'm British. Jesus likes girls. There you go. Thank you. That was for you, UK. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me hear you do a German accent. Um, I can't. I can only do Romanian or Russian, which I think are the same. Okay, let's try Australian. No, I can't, literally. Okay, fine. <laughs> I have no idea, actually, in any way, shape, or form to say anything that doesn't sound Russian. Jesus likes girls. That's it. I like it. <laughs> okay. Um, share this with all your Russian friends. <laughs> And that was your Russian in, in, intro. And thank you. Thank you for listening to yeah, us. Thanks, guys. We appreciate you. Yeah. What What did they say? Like and subscribe. Subscribe and rate. Apparently. Review. That, that, and review. That makes a big difference on the old uh, iPod. Metrics. Yeah. The iPod boards? What? No. <laughs> Apple podcast <laughs> boards. That moves you up where you might get put in some, you know, new, new and noteworthy. New and noteworthy. I mean, so. we already reside there. They just don't know it. Yeah. yeah. They're holding space for us. It's invisible, but we'll be there. We'll get there someday. But it's not all about the fame. It's really also about... <laughs> <laughs> JK, it is. <laughs> I was going to go all deep and deep meaningful, but... I love I love toiling in obscurity though. It's kind of great. Mm -hmm. I don't. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I think the things that happen in obscurity mean more than famous things. That's really really hipster of you to say. Well, <laughs> I'm just saying it is. I went to Sister Pie yesterday. How well, was actually, it? I went to Village Parlor for my son to get his hair cut. Yeah, you were really, in hipster zone. I was in hipster USA. Yeah. And Sister Pie, I was like, we have to get a pie from Sister Pie. And I can't believe all the building that's going up. Yeah, there's a like, lot happening over there. Man. Yeah, what kind of pie did you get? Beet, asparagus, 
arugula, and it was amazing. Really? Your face is like, that's what you chose I just, sister pie. <laughs> I mean, I know they have, like, chocolate, so I'm just confused Well, they right also now. do, like, savory hand pies for lunch. I know, and I love those. So this was a hand pie? Yeah. You didn't do that. I thought you meant, like, a whole pie of that. Mm, I can't afford that. It's, like, 30 bucks or something. I know. And yeah. I got a baby Topo Chico. Have you ever seen the baby? There's, like, baby Coronas, baby Modelo beers, and baby Topo Chico's for the non-drinkers out there. I love it. Me too. So today we're going to talk about sex. Yep. What? Let's talk about sex, baby. Love it. That should have been our intro. Yeah. Missed opportunity. So talking about sex is my least favorite topic. I'm, I was surprised you picked it. I know. I was like, okay, that's where she wants to go. We both have a lot of trauma in our sexual history. You more than me. Yeah. And um, it's really not the most lighthearted, fun topic to talk to discuss, especially when it comes to the church. Right. But let's 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 have at it, Z. Let's go there. Because it's interesting, I feel like this is part of why the church is appealing to the sexually broken people. What? Yeah. You think sexually broken people are... Drawn to church? Drawn to the church as it stands right now? Yep. In the U.S.? Yeah. Okay. Like unhealed people. Mm -hmm. People who haven't examined their experience or all they know is they go in and no one talks about sex. Except that it's bad. At least this is true for me. When I came in, I mean, basically, American church is a sexless space. Yes, that's why I'm. That's why I'm surprised you say people are drawn to it because nothing's going to get addressed. But I hear your argument now. You're like, they're never going to talk about this. They're never going to bring it up. And I have so much messed up past stuff that that's all my past self. And now I'm just here to focus on Jesus. Focus on this community. I'm brand new. And the only place you're going to talk about sex is in don't do it, don't sin, and marriage. Mm -hmm. And so it's almost like this safe zone where the topic doesn't get brought up. I've never thought about it that way. But I've also never really heard anybody outright say, I have a desire to be in the church generally as a whole. (laughs) I don't think I've ever heard anybody say that. Like I... I mean, there's been maybe a few people that have been curious about God. Yeah. So that could be um Well, I think it's totally translated a that way. subconscious or not a conscious uh, relief for people who struggle with sexual trauma, who have um, non-traditional sexual preference. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like they're like, whoo, finally. They just know suddenly no one's asking. Yeah. No one's talking about it. That is so weird. I know. <laughs> so weird. I know. It's weird. So my deal, my, this is Zena, in case you can't tell me in Shay's voice where at this point. <laughs> but um, my deal is I, I was sexually abused from a young age, like pre-memory, up until I was 12 by a relative and uh, it was an older person not they were still technically a kid but they were being abused themselves and then they kind of targeted me as a younger vulnerable I don't know you know abusers especially kids play out their what they know what they know their experiences and they're trying to process what's happening to them mm-hmm. with safe people mm-hmm. that they envision as safe and you know probably in the process I I think part of it is malicious because they're hurting and they want to hurt. But I think another part of it is 
just processing, trying to understand what they've gone through, too. Yeah. And so I was that person for this other person mm -hmm. for many years. And so, yeah, that, I don't want to say it completely fucked me up, but it had a large part in the process of my development. <laughs> and I've had lots of therapy and... I, you know, it's something that I can talk about and share about without feeling uh, like I'm going to go into the fetal position and cry for six hours, right. which wasn't always the case. True. So when you came to into the church as a young person, did you talk about that at all? No. Nope. Did anybody ask? No. No. Because sex is off topic. Right. Right? And so it's kind of like a dream scenario for someone who doesn't want to deal with sex. And on the opposite side, or that was true true for me but on the opposite side I think of girls who were more sexual like in the younger years of my Christianity like 18 19 and they were kind of seen as trashy sluts younger uh, Christian girls yes if they had any interest in sex and were kissing people or making out with people everyone knew mm -hmm. you know what I mean mm -hmm. and so um, it was a way to feel like uh, superior, morally superior, if you weren't doing those things. And so my response to sexual abuse was to avoid sex except in extremely uh, risky, meaningless ways. Yeah, I, I came into the church as a teenager and it wasn't addressed to me, but in youth, what's that called? Youth group. Yeah. Whenever we talked about sex, um, it was just, a, it was only about abstinence. That's the only thing I really remember was them advocating for abstinence. And one really funny memory that I had was a super conservative church that I visited. Yeah. Um, a, a kind of mutual friend of mine, she did this play. It was like an interpretive dance play. And they were singing about sex. Hold up. Yeah. <laughs> just stop right there. <laughs> to me then Why? as funny as it is to me now please explain <laughs> please i feel like it was dc talk but i'm not sure i really don't know okay and her and a bunch of friends did this performance talking about sex they were like i don't want it do i want it no i don't and they were saying all this stuff and and everybody was really really uncomfortable <laughs> it's like the most awkward thing on the planet. Yeah. All these teenagers being like, sex is what we're going to talk about today in front of everybody. Uh, Let's engage. Yeah. It didn't go over well. And they danced. I think she got, they danced. They danced. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like oh in my gosh. very faint memory, she got in trouble. I think they got in trouble. Like it was too much or it was too crass or something. Wow. And I just remember feeling like, really? Like, what? <laughs> Why? Why would you want to do this <laughs> in front of all these old people? And wow. Yeah. That was like my only, that I can recall, my only experience where there was some kind of outright conversation, <laughs> if you can call it that. Because there was, it wasn't reciprocal. But yeah, sex the, was on the table. In the youth group I was in, I honestly believe it was never talked about ever except to like giggle over risque passages of scripture <laughs> this is so funny that's really cute <laughs> well i did have i but i did have christian friends who accidentally fell into having sex accidentally know? they yeah. just like tripped and yep. then landed landed right on a penis <laughs> And they 
was all kind of like shame and repentance and crying and all this stuff. And I had been sexually active before I became a Christian and after. Yeah. And so it was never, I never had like a peaceful philosophy. I never landed on a place that I had embraced wholeness about what it, what my behavior was. Okay. It was always really confusing for me. Well, I had all of my sexual abuse history. Mm-hmm. Then I had a history of sexual behavior that was extremely dangerous mm-hmm. and like putting myself into situations where I had to fight off a rapist or, you know, I was basically surprisingly not dead, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. I just, I was doing drugs and sex and drugs go really well with people who are selling drugs. Mm-hmm. And so I was making choices that were so void of wisdom. But also for me, as a sexually abused person, it was like a split understanding and a split reality. Like I did those things and then I went to high school and was the editor of the newspaper and getting straight A's. Mm-hmm. So do you remember that movie Angel? No. <laughs> I wish I did though. <laughs> This is the movie. It's like, she's a good girl in the day. Oh, God. She's a crazy fucking temptress at (laughs) night. And I was like, I saw that cover once. I was like, oh, that's me. Well, I mean, that (laughs) makes a lot of sense for you because I wasn't sexually abused. But what I know of it is that there's a lot of disconnection for people who experience that kind of trauma. Yes. So like disassociation from yourself, from your body. It would make sense that you would feel like you're a split person. So that that shit's already going on in the church, A, where people are like, they feel like they have to fit this model. They have to live within this these parameters to be a Christian Mm -hmm. and so they present this type of person and then but the truth is you know they've all kinds of crazy secrets in a sexual life yeah, because that's, that's humanity, you right, know? Right, And so it's like only pornography only really gets talked about. Yeah. That's a good point. Pornography is a like a pet favorite in the church. It's, it's true. It's like, it's like the safest way to talk about sexual deviancy in some way. Apparently. And even that's like... Oh. We're talking about the P word. <laughs> People are like, what? Oh, my <clears throat> husband's looking at pornography. <laughs> You know? I know. Literally, I know someone who divorced their husband of like six months because they found out he would look at pornography. Oddly, same. I'm telling you, it's mm-hmm. a serious no-no. It's it's one of the benchmarks of like you, that person has betrayed the fidelity of your marriage. Absolutely. Acceptable, acceptable divorce. Like there is. That's probably why. Yeah. It it's must like be like one of the seen things as adultery. Like, yeah. Well, we were talking about deviancy. Yeah. That's the only like allowed topic that gets into I mean now I I think back in the day people would barely talk about sexuality in terms of homosexuality I mean churches I went to weren't like hugely about like sex homosexuality is wrong I didn't hear that a lot but when we were coming up homosexuality wasn't really talked about in general it was still like a unknown kind of Put it too taboo. Yeah. Too taboo. Yeah. So, yeah, it was like marriage or abstinence. Yeah. That's it. Mm -hmm. No, never the two shall meet. Or only the two shall meet. (laughs) Never. (laughs) 
But that's not reality because, as we know, all of us on the face of the earth are incredibly sexual people. Right. And... Every person is sexual. Yes. It's part of humanity. Yes. And so when you, like, vacuum it up, like, doo-doo-doo, everything's clean here, no sex anywhere. <laughs> it's like you just <laughs> create this environment that is kind of a breeding ground for, I feel like, sexual deviance. I do, too. Because we're some, because everybody's going to indulge in it regardless. So either they're going to mask. I mean, that was a big thing when I was a teenager, was <clears throat> he who shall not be named really struggled with masturbation. Okay. And he felt a lot of shame about that. And I remember him sharing that with me and feeling like, are you kidding me? Like, you're by yourself? <laughs> <laughs> you're not getting anybody pregnant. What's the risk here, you know? <laughs> I know, and every every single part of it was shameful. It was, and I think he he struggled with it specifically because he was kind of obsessed. And I've heard so many jokes about boys like they're Eating like married constantly. to their hand. Yeah. 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 In fact, in Bridesmaids, one of the one of the moms was talking about how gross it is to have teenage boys, and I she know. was like, "I have a blanket that I tried to pick up and fold and it cracked in half." <laughs> I remember that. And it reminded me of a girlfriend I have who had a bunch of boys and she said she would find semen all over the place. And I remember just thinking, really? <laughs> like, <laughs> you'd find semen under your desk? Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, like, it's a normal part of development right. to be a sexual person and to explore your sexuality. But here's the thing with churches. Any church, and this is true too, if they start openly talking about sex, things get weird yeah things get really fucked up like they become like a sex cult you know what i'm saying if you got a guy up front talking about healthy sexuality everyone in the church suddenly starts like getting a green light in their mind and looking at each other and then if that person has any like propensity towards fucking women in his congregation like it's over it's a done deal that church is going down but it doesn't have to be that way i know but where is <laughs> but it, it is done well it's like sex cult or prudes as far as the eye can see where is the middle ground well there i think rob bell addressed sex really well okay rob bell is a pastor we all know who rob bell is no we don't okay Doesn't well, believe in hell. We got it. Rob left his church. Right. But now he's a surfer. I mean, I'm just saying, he's the only person that I know that had the fucking balls to say, like, let's talk about sex. I know, but don't you think he's gay? I actually don't know his oh. writings that well to be able to make a discerned... Um... I just mean about his presence, his person. Does he ever strike you as gay? Well, that's I'm, a, I'm the person you shouldn't ask that for because I think most bastards are gay. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, like, anybody that gets up on the podium, I'm like, mm, a little sus. Especially if they have flip-flops on, I'm like, it's a done deal. He's gay. He's in the closet, 100%. <laughs> well, Rob Bell, I'm always like, I don't know, there's something about him. But, I mean, that's total gaydar, and it might be off, so. Yeah, you have no idea. And it's not for us to decide, but back to my original point. Yes. I think I was... What does he say really, about sexuality? I actually didn't read the book. What did he... Wrote a book called... It was called Sex God. Oh. 
And I bought it for my younger brother, who I was like always mentoring and kind of raising, you know. Okay. And he he read it and told me it like really freed him Aww. to just feel comfortable that he is a sexual being. That's okay. all he needed. He just wanted to be addressed like, yes, I'm a young man. I want to have sex. I have sexual like desires that are pumping through my system 24 hours a day. And it's not wrong. And it's not wrong. And I don't need to feel bad about it. Yeah. So I was like, Colin, masturbate all you want. It's okay. Don't feel bad about it. Wait, you said he must not be named. Now you just used his name. Oh, no. I was talking about somebody else. Oh, good. Good. <laughs> Colin is my brother. The other man I was talking and about. And he masturbates all the time. <laughs> well, and my children won't appreciate this, but I also talked to them about masturbating. Okay. Like, a lot. All right. And we talked about our sex. I talked to, to them about sexuality. I even gave my son condoms. And, you know, really, in, in addressing it head on and saying, like, I know that you have a girlfriend. I know that you care about her. I know that you guys are probably intimate in some ways. I hope that you're not having sex yet because with sex comes a lot of responsibility. Like, you know, if if her if your girlfriend got pregnant, that would be a really difficult situation for you guys to be in. Um, I think it made him feel reassured and empowered to be able to make a good decision for himself. That's good. I know. Yeah, that's healthy. As opposed to saying with my first child, my oldest child, Never have like, sex. Like, please don't ever have sex. You know, right. she was going to. They all my kids went to a Christian school, which I'm certain they didn't talk about sexuality there. No, I mean it's a primary school too, yeah, so it's not really uh, appropriate. But yeah, but still, she's come back to me later and said, like, as of recent, actually, like, Mom, you never really talked to me about like standing up for myself when men are like constantly coming at me and making it with like sexual advances. Mm. I was like, oh, I Oops. felt really bad about it, you know. Yeah. Because how do you do that in this world of men, like, wanting to have sex with everything that walks? Right. So I was going to share a couple of stories. One thing I was going to say is I was a Christian for two years and before I ever had the conscious realization that I was sexually abused. Hmm. So my abuse ended when I was 12. I started using drugs when I was 14 to stop feeling anything, Hmm. but I still hadn't thought about terms of what was happening to me as a kid in reality. I didn't see it. I didn't even, I never thought of it. Mm -hmm. I just knew, Ooh, I really like drugs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that continued until I was 18 when I had an experience with God, which I've already talked about. Um, and then so from 18 to 20, I was learning a ton about God. You know, I mm-hmm. was all about it, reading the Bible, loving God, loving Jesus, loving all that. And I also became obsessed with a boy for the first time ever in my life. Like, I love this guy, right? Mm-hmm. I was so about him. And it 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 really turned into like, I was a stalker. I'm sorry. (laughs) Sorry to laugh. Well, and I think that happened because I never had affectionate feelings for anyone before. And Mm. I was so broken Mm. that I didn't know when he was like, no, I'm not interested in you, that I should respect that and leave him alone. Well, and you never even learned boundaries about relationships. I had zero boundaries and zero experience. All I knew is that I loved And you must love me, too. You will love me, too. You will love me. I mean, for two years, I did that. And so one night, I was lamenting again to my poor friend at the time who had to listen to my bullshit 
crying about this person, which was mm, daily. Oh no. I know. I was crying about it again. And I mean, I was like full on like weeping, like what is wrong with me? Aww. Why can't I stop this? And I didn't understand. And as I was crying, pictures of my abuse started coming into my head. Mm. And then I really started crying. I like had a full fledged breakdown. And she at the time knew a counselor and she drove me to her house that night. Wow. And the counselor brought us in her house and she brought me back into a room and she talked to me briefly. I didn't tell her anything. And she handed me all this paperwork and she goes, go home, read this and we'll talk again. Oh God, and I'm just like cringing at what the paperwork could be. Is it a chick track? <laughs> like what? <laughs> so I went back to my house and I opened it up and it was all about childhood sexual abuse. Wow. She just perceived it and it was all right on. Oh. And it was actually really like great because it was honestly the night I understood it. I also had literature in my hands about what happened. Mm. And so from that point, I started, uh, you know, the the process of healing mm -hmm. and understanding and stop stalking innocent Christian boys. <laughs> I feel like we should ring a cowbell, like ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Somebody in the church got it right. <laughs> da, da, da. She gets a gold fucking medal. Lori, I'm looking at you. You're great. <laughs> but thank God for her. Seriously. Yeah. So that was helpful. Um, yeah, but then I, in thinking about it later, I was like, I have a creepy older man sex story about the church to talk about, too. Shocker. <laughs> <laughs> so a couple years later, I'm dating Josh, who I marry eventually. But in our dating relationship, I was always hung up about how far we went sexually, breaking up because we were sexually attracted to each other and <laughs> we didn't have great boundaries and all this stuff. And I always felt terrible and, you know, mm -hmm. so who do I go to to talk to about this? I hope it wasn't the guy about the pantyhose. No, that was later. Um, and moody. That, that was later after we were married. This is while we were dating. And so I talked to this old guy in my church. I'm not sure why <sighs> I approached him or why I felt safe to talk to him, but I did. Did he look like Santa Claus or something? I think maybe he was kind to me, you know, just oh, like Lord. a- Oh, Lord. I could just imagine this conversation right now. Well, it was several conversations. Oh, no. And we'd talk on the phone. What? Yes. I would call him and I would talk about what was going on between me and Josh and he would give me advice and there is this one conversation where after I hung up I was like, this is fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> How old were you? Like 18? I was probably 19? between 19 and 20. Oh lord. Right? And he's that like... That man should have been like, I recuse myself and let me let me direct you to a more appropriate person for you to talk about the intimate details of your like my wife? relationship. Like my wife? Yeah. Who I'm like leaving my family room and going into my den and probably jerking off while no! I'm talking to you. Oh no, no, no. Hurry, <laughs> but... He, like, he was a gray-haired old guy, like, probably in his 50s or 60s. And... I'm just shaking my damn head at this. I know. But I think this is interesting as far as the conversation about sex in the church goes, because he had this conversation with me. Josh was coming to visit, and he was like, well, if he's coming all the way from Chicago, you know... Oh, my God. I'm not kidding. He was like, he'll probably want more than a hug goodnight, you know? <laughs> 
And then he was like, and, you know, if he uh, <clears throat> sees stars, I'm sure he'll want to see you again. What the fuck? I'm not kidding you. Ew. I know. How gross and slad. I started saying something else. <laughs> it's super slad. It's slimy. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And sad. Oh. And. It's slad. It's, it's really. It's real slad. It's real slad. And I was like, okay, Mr. Blah, blah, blah. I don't even remember what his name was, but. You should have just went straight to that gay pastor and reported him. <laughs> I just kind of hung up feeling like, I'm taking sex advice from a 60-year-old white man <laughs> who's married, oh. and I'm 19, and why are we having these conversations? And, like, started really, I, I think I stopped all contact with him, and then one time, I was actually on the train going to visit Josh in Chicago, mm -hmm. and he was on the train. No. Yes. You think he followed you? No. I, I don't think so. No. <laughs> I don't think that was... I think he was just on the train. I don't know. And he asked me to sit next to him. So I did. And we just like, we had like chit chatty conversations. We didn't talk about awkward. anything. So awkward. Then he slowly puts his hand on your lap and it's like, Has, you know. I like to see stars too. Ew. I'm sorry. I hate men so much. But I remember looking down at his hand and seeing his fat, fat fingers. And his, his wedding ring, like, pressing into his flesh around his fat roll. This I, story is so gross. Sorry! <laughs> These are just the things that I remember and just feel like... Oh. So like, gross. as far as any, like, mentorship or help as a young woman in the church, mm -hmm. that's what I got. <laughs> well, you really got the uh, bottom of the barrel. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, thank God he didn't abuse me. Yeah. Because it's kind of seeming like that might have been the next fucking step. Well, I mean, if he would have been a reprehensible person or predatory in any sort of way, you presented yourself as a young woman, like, looking for help. In vulnerability, looking for advice, and he could have taken advantage of you. Absolutely. And he kind of did in just engaging in really intimate things with you, which was totally inappropriate on his part. I know. Thank you, American Church. <laughs> do, you, do you have any creepy old men stories? <laughs> do I? I don't even know where to start. <laughs> I feel like I only have creepy old men stories. but In the church? Yeah. But my, but I had the wherewithal to seek out women. That was probably encouraged yeah. by other by by other women around me yeah. to, to like seek out women. And I went to NA when I was young, when I first came into the church. Because I, because because my husband, my non-husband then, my non-husband now, <laughs> the man I dated, he had gone, he had been asked to go to NA because he had gotten into trouble. Okay. And so after his, like, after he became a spiritual person, he continued to go and just felt like it was such a good place, a 12-step program. He invited me to, since I was a heavy drug user. And they had rules about women to women and men to men. Okay. And so that probably influenced me going to women for counsel as well. Okay. So you don't have any creepy guy stories in the church? Um, I mean, I do, but but what I want to talk about is 
the sexuality when I when I did talk about my sexuality in the church it was with women and they were equally as unhelpful as the men really yeah like because abstinence was the thing that they held on to so strongly it eliminated me from being able to have a place to talk about what my experience was it was like abstinence or nothing and I didn't follow into that I didn't fall into that category so I just felt like if I talk about my experiences I'm gonna like offend you or scare you and so I can't really be myself right and I was or asked, you're gonna judge me or you're gonna judge me definitely yeah and so I also felt like nobody could understand me mm. so it made me just feel like a lonely person there that was different than everybody else which is how almost everybody feels because nobody is that person with no sin with no complicated sexuality no even if they're just mass struggling with masturbation alone in their room they have a complicated sexual scenario that's not addressed in the church right so that that was primarily what I struggled with was I was trying to be this person that they they were asking me to be that they said the Bible and Jesus wanted me to be but I I never had been and I wasn't really hip on trying wanting to be that person I tried but I didn't really want to I wanted to have sex because that's that's how I knew how to connect with my boyfriends and and I was a sexual person and I liked it (laughs) (laughs) and I still do And so Matt and I, we didn't have sex before we got married. Mm-hmm. Except the blowjobs. Except giving him blowjobs. Mm-hmm. Which felt like I was kind of getting one over. I was like, haha. Well, still... isn't there like a whole Christian culture around all the things except vaginal sex? I don't know. Yeah, I'm like anal. I've heard like anal sex. Shut all the other up. sexes happen except vaginal sex. Okay. And then they're, <laughs> then they're cool. I have heard that. Well, every person that I've ever talked about not uh, abstinence before marriage, every single one of my friends that I have talked about it this with, they all had sex before marriage. Yeah, yeah. I actually, I know of one couple who did not have sex before marriage. Yeah, me. Mm -mm. (laughs) No BJs, no nothing. Oh, I see. They were total virgins when they got married. Wow. Yeah, so the unicorn is out there. for them. The magical (laughs) unicorn does exist. It did. You know, it was kind of fun for Matt and I to never have had sex on, on our wedding night. But it also felt really cheesy. Because I had had a lot, lot of sex before okay. marriage. And it got built up into this huge thing. Right. And then when we did it, it was kind of like, alright, well, that was that was nice. But it wasn't like... <laughs> It wasn't like the the earth shattered or something, you know? Well, and then there's that whole mentality about, like, how, as young people do, you go from hearing everything is wrong to everything is acceptable. Yeah. And that a lot of people, especially women, struggle with it. Men are, you know, just sexual creatures. They're, like, so driven, typically, that they're like, great! But I think women, after hearing for so long, you know, never do this. And suddenly, you're well, with Well, I think it's who... more not never do this it's more you are uh, it's okay to be an incredibly sexual person and talk about your sexual desires and feel good about about your sexual desires and have all of these ideas and things that you want to implement do you want to have anal you can you know but after like spending your whole christian life thinking like sex is bad sex is never wrong, think about it don't never think talk about, about it. it you have no sexuality right right then you're like now you're free to have anal and it's like am i okay to have anal <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I think is it okay? Like a lot of Christian mindset out there is anything but vaginal sex is wrong. I think that even some sex literature for Christians explicitly states those things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I had some pretty progressive Christians in my adult, later, later adult years. Okay. Who they, they were like, dude, if, as long as you're not cheating, like just do it. It's fine. Yeah. And anytime I had a question about something, they were like, you want to have a threesome? Go ahead. I mean. You know, see, threesomes. I've got a problem with threesomes. <laughs> well, the person wasn't married. I didn't have a threesome. Okay. I've never had one. I would say it if I did, but but I asked if I could. You know. <laughs> Are threesomes allowed? And they were like, dude, if you're not cheating on your husband, like, you're fine. Okay. The threesome one is a little complicated because it brings in the unmarried person, yeah. I think. Yeah. Or the unmarried person might be cheating, or the married person, if the, th the third wheel might be married. I don't know. Yeah. It is a little complicated. It gets, I don't know. Yeah. That's my personal hangout. That's my hangout. Threesomes. That's it. I've got a hangout. I admit. <laughs> Well, it's a little convoluted. It's a little complicated. You know what I what just came into my mind? I would like to see a Christian sex toy store. Be amazing. Oh my gosh. Oh. Ew. No, yeah. No, because I'm just be thinking totally of gross. like inscribed Jesus dildos. dildos. <laughs> <laughs> or like, oh, you know what this is reminding me of? I saw, what, what did I see this on? I saw some show. Oh, I know what it was. It was some television show where they were doing uh, pornography for Christians. Oh, no. And it, but it was, you know, it was tongue in cheek. Yeah. No pun intended. <laughs> um, it was like, and it was called Porn Again. <laughs> scenarios were like the ark and oh, people no. like having sex in the ark and like taking all of the scenarios from the bible and turning them into porn scenes i was like oh, i God. love this this is hilarious you know people were having sex on the ark good point in front of each other with their dad ew i'm just talking about noah afterwards you know that story no where noah's drunk and his daughters go into his tent and they have sex with him because they want children <sighs> Yep. See, this is why. <laughs> why didn't anybody talk about that in youth group? <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, yeah. So, sex in the church. Sex in the church. Needs to get better. Um, I guess so. All the pastors need to come out of the closet. Just come out. <laughs> and old men stop to need, need to stop preying on young, vulnerable girls. Women need to stop advocating for complete abstinence and talk about sexuality as a real thing. And shame. Oof, the shame. I mean, I, I will say, I did have some women who really did try to talk about sex. Yeah. This one women's group that I was going to when I was very young newly married. Okay. And the one takeaway that I remember her I had saying, one of those too. I'm going to what <laughs> she said. She said, you know, is it really that big of a deal if you're not feeling in the mood, but your husband always is? It's like 10 minutes of your time. Just give it to him. Okay. Yeah. And I remember thinking, the fuck? Yeah. Like, just give it to him? Like, like a laundry maid or something? Yeah. Like, just clean your, just do your dishes. Fuck your, let your husband get his off and finish watching the kids, you know? Like, one of the fucking check boxes of the day. Like, no. Yeah. I want to enjoy my sexual time experiences with my husband. 
husband. And I think he'll probably like it a lot better if I am too. Correct. Instead of just laying down and spreading open. I mean, not to be so <laughs> crass, but that's essentially what she was saying. Like, just, it's only 10 minutes of your time. And I, I actually remember thinking, like, 10 minutes? You really got the short end of the stick. <laughs> She was like, when your husband wants to have sex and you're not in the mood, just tell him, honey, just give me some time. Go take a shower. Get yourself in the mindset. Give yourself a little time. And I'm sure, you know, he'll be more than happy to wait for you. Just, you know, give yourself some space and then go for it. What What does that do for you? I don't understand. I don't know. I'm like, are you talking about like masturbate in the shower and get ready for wanting to have sex? Like, what exactly do you mean go take a shower? Like, what <laughs> <laughs> Give yourself some time. I don't know. I imagine like, you saying that to Josh and him being like, okay. I'll be like, I'll be right back. Just gonna take a time to shower. Yeah, um, I, maybe she meant like relax. Like cool your jets? Get, get into a mind. Take a cold shower? Like, no, I think it's like take a hot shower and think about sex. Like get into the mindset. I think that's what she was saying. Like if mm. your mind, if you're that's not the place you're in, maybe take some time for yourself and allow yourself to do that and then come back to the situation. And you know, it's why not the worst advice. No, but why were these why were these women giving this advice in the first place? Why were we or whoever was asking that question, why were they asking that question? And I think it goes back to the whole we don't know how to be sexual beings our husbands do they're fully comfortable with being sexual beings and and making advances to us to say they want to have sex constantly and why aren't we because we weren't we weren't given any freedom or insight into how to emerge into a marriage and be a sexual person sure. this also reminds me of a christian friend of mine who started to become a rep a rep for the company what is the name of that company the sex toy company yeah okay and she had a sex toy party yeah one thing I would say if you ever want to go to those is don't go with your mom. Okay, thank you. <laughs> because I did. And then I was like, oh, no. I don't want to see the dildo that you buy, mom. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Did she so purchase gross. one? Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> and I'm all for women, like, doing themselves, no pun intended. But not my mom. Like, I don't want to see any kind of choice of dildo that you have. Or I don't want nothing. All of it. Off the board. She buys like the hugest dildo. Oh my god. Listen. But all these Christian women were like, yeah, super into it. And I was, and that was like the most spiritual sexual experience discussion I'd ever had with a bunch of Christians. They were talking about like what what kind of things give them pleasure and what kind of things and they talked about their struggles as women do we open up yeah they talked about like how they can't have an orgasm and or all these different things you know yeah so really I think that's the solution huh sex toy at, sex parties. parties sex toy parties at church there we go we figured it out yep as usual <laughs> we're the experts <laughs> well. All right. Oh, that was a good one. I hope this translated over in Australia. I wish I could do an accent. Me too. Good day, mates. I knew you were going to try it. Okay. <laughs> but um, <laughs> please write us. We have an email address. Uh, it is jclikesgirls at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. And please send us your stories. 
books. And I would love to read some awesome, terrible, tragic, hopeful, whatever your story is yeah. about you and the church, about sexuality, about creepy old guys, about abuse, whatever. We want to get the woman's perspective of being in the American church as it actually exists. Yeah. And to talk about it. Yeah. All right. Peace. Uh, deuces.